the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hey everybody, welcome to the Daughters Podcast. We're six young Catholic friends just trying to live out our identities as beloved daughters of God. We want to share our conversations with you in hopes that you too might see the ways that God is working in the joyful and the sorrowful mysteries of your lives. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, so today I wanted to talk about a passage that kind of inspired the name for our podcast, Daughters. And it's the scene where the hemorrhaging woman reaches out to Jesus and she's healed. And it shows up in three of the Gospels. Um, And I just, there are so many thoughts that I had when I was reading it. And I'll just read a little bit of it so that we can kind of get into the scene. Um, So the woman comes up to Jesus and she says, If I but touch his clothes, I shall be cured. Immediately her flow of blood dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Jesus, aware at once that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and asked, Who has touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see how the crowd is pressing upon you, and yet you ask, Who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. The woman, realizing what had happened to her, approached in fear and trembling. She fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. And so I've heard this so many times before, but reading it this time, two things really struck me. One of them was the fact that this woman just touched the hem of his cloak and immediately was healed and had this profound experience. And we get to actually receive the body and blood of Jesus. So way, way more intimate than just touching his cloak. The second thing that really struck me was the fact that Jesus is aware at once that the power has gone out from him. It's almost like this automatic thing. Like she reaches out. He doesn't even know who it is, but his daughter has reached out and touched him. And automatically this love is drawn out of him. So that really struck me. I feel like I think of a parent's immediate response to a child. Like when like a child falls and they go to pick up them and just like how affectionate the word daughter is and how, little we are referred to by that name but how just soothing and intimate it is when we hear it it's just so beautiful like the word and that's what I'm thinking as you were reading the passage just wow that feeling of belonging and love of the father through that word I feel like that total dependence to like going off of that imagery of just someone you know a child on the ground hurting crying whatever and their father immediately reaching out to them and just the total dependence in that moment of there is nothing but like your parent that can fix that for you. Mm-hmm. And in this passage, that's really what she's saying is just like nothing but Jesus can fix me right now. Like no one but my dad can fix me right now. And she reaches out with that total dependence on him. And so I think the word daughter in this passage is even more poignant when she when he says that to her because it's really like her identity her core identity yeah i think kind of going along with that i mean she didn't even know who he was she mm. just because she was like because he was her father 
there was like a childlike dependency on him to actually reach out and reach out for his help, um, which is what we what kids do to their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that paints a really nice picture of what it means to be a daughter is just rely completely on the father. Yeah, <clears throat> and that's something that I I really grew up having that with my dad. I trust him with absolutely everything and when I was younger if he told me I could do something or to not be afraid I'd be like okay you know even if I was terrified um and I just thought that he knew everything and I I felt like such a daughter um but I know that not everyone has that and so that this also might be this might be something that's more foreign and I don't know the story of this hemorrhaging woman if she had an earthly father or what or if this experience you know hearing hearing Jesus call her by her identity, daughter, you know, just wondering what that did to her. But um, yeah, maybe that's something we could talk about is like, what has your experience been of being a daughter? Mm-hmm. I've actually been um, experiencing like my dad's unconditional love a lot more now as an adult woman, interestingly enough. And I mean, of course, as a kid, um, I had him also and, and depended on him. But just last weekend, um, I got really sick Friday night out of the blue Um, and my dad happened to be visiting and he was actually supposed to visit this coming weekend. I asked him to come this one instead Um, and he came and I don't know, I'm 24 years old and I was just bawling and he was just there and um, he ran out to the store and got the things that I needed and It was just such a simple way that he did that. But I had this peace. I mean, I had my husband there. I had my sister there. But my father's presence just like it just kind of took over. And I just knew that that I was taken care of. It also showed that (laughs) I was thinking about it and how I knew um, Looking, I always look back and see God's hand in pretty much everything and so perfectly too. And the fact that he was supposed to come this coming weekend and came this past weekend. And I ended up spending the night in the emergency room and with Chris. I didn't tell you guys this. And um, my, <laughs> yeah. sister, my sister was home. And so like if my father hadn't been there, no one would have been there to take care of my sister when we had to go to the hospital in the middle of the night. And I, it wasn't just my earthly father, but my heavenly father. Like, I distinctly remember, I was just like, God, like, you did, you knew I was going to need this. Like, you knew what was coming and you knew that we needed backup and you sent that backup. Mm. And when I got to the hospital, the room I was in, um, there was a curtain and right outside the curtain was a crucifix. And I just like (laughs) smiled. I was like in so much pain and so distraught. And then I just looked up and was like, all right, I'm good, you know? And it was just such a, um, I don't know, just so much peace um, coming over me. Are you okay? I'm totally fine. (laughs) It was like, so awkward. I, yeah, brought it up. No. Um, It just, it just came. (laughs) I'm totally fine. It was like a. I was going to say, if only y'all could see our faces right now, (laughs) both all staring at Sophia and It was a virus, like one of those viruses, but. One of those. Because of the baby. It was like. One of those little things. It was just a lot faster and more violent. We're good. Thanks. I feel like that brings up an interesting point, though, how, like, sickness drives us to the people that comfort Mm. us, which I feel like really relates to the story. Mm. And I was just thinking about my grandmother and how oftentimes, like, when I felt 
lonely or discouraged, she was somebody with like a comforting touch, a comforting voice, like comforting words, and just running to her during that time um, in in the same way, trying to run to our Father, um, God, in that in that same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like our relationship with our like earthly parents or earthly fathers can does really relate and paint how we feel about like our heavenly father and I know for myself kind of unlike you Kelsey um as you all know had like a very strained relationship with my dad in high school and it got to the point where things were verbally abusive in my house and it was just like a very difficult relationship and my dad who and like I had grown up as a total daddy's girl and as the relationship kind of deteriorated like that obviously dissipated and that really started this is at the same time that I'm coming back into my faith and I'm learning who God is and I'm learning how to depend on God and so all of this is happening at once and I you know of course God's timing (laughs) but I you know I think that could have gone in two different ways that could have either gone in the sense of you know I have this horrible relationship with my dad at the time and I could have had a horrible relationship with God the father and just had like a very strained like kind of ugly thing where it was hard to call him dad or it was hard to like think of God in this fathership sense. But for me, it was actually the complete opposite. Like I was lacking that father figure. And so the identity of daughter and the identity of a father was really something that drew me back into the faith and this concept of like, my earthly dad is no longer filling this role in the way that I need it to be filled. But you, Lord, like can perfectly step into this. And so that was, you know, I use a lot of imagery when I pray. And that was the image I kept thinking of and kept returning to of just like a little girl sitting in a dad's lap with like her arms around his neck, like giving him this big bear hug and just like totally being encased by God's love and this like father-daughter relationship. Um and that's something that's continued in my prayer life. Anytime that I'm hurt or anytime, kind of like what you were saying, Helen, mm-hmm. but anytime that I really like need, if I'm just like totally emotionally drained from work or something else that's going on in my life, like that is something I could continuously come back to is just like when I have nothing, my dad is there. My heavenly dad is there to take care of me. Mm-hmm. This just sparked a thought. We have this image and that's such a beautiful image and our heavenly, I mean, our earthly fathers can can help us to understand God so well um and and sometimes they they don't but also the fatherhood of god is so much more than just a big bear hug from a nice man you know what i mean (laughs) like it is it's it's something that we can't even really articulate and we can try to understand it in our human terms but it's so much bigger than that and like it is it's this love that upon one small touch will draw out this like torrent of grace you know Mm. um yeah, I don't know. That just that just popped into my mind. Like he's not just like my dad up in the sky. Like he is, <laughs> I don't know. He's mighty. What are some of the things that you guys feel like prevents you from accepting your daughtership? Mm-hmm. Kind of going off of what you had said, Rachel. I think personal experiences had a lot to do with my own relationship with God the Father, like that specific person of the Trinity. I grew up in a house where I, my parents loved me and it was very apparent. So growing up, it was very easy for me to believe and understand that God loved me because they demonstrated that through the relationship that they had with me as a daughter. Um, But when I was 20, my dad passed away from cancer and it was very difficult for me to approach God, the Father and the Trinity in that moment. And so I knew that he wanted to like comfort me in that moment as a father 
But that experience was like very difficult and made it very hard to approach him in that way. So I feel like a lot of time it comes from like places of suffering where it feels in our like earthly understanding of it, it feels like there's nothing that he can even do to make it feel better. Mm. But that in its essence is what the cure actually is. Like in that moment, I actually like needed him. But it's also so nice that like he he's not there to like force himself on you. Like, no, like I'm going to heal you and <laughs> I'm actually what you need. Uh, so you're, you're gonna right. accept this. <laughs> like he was willing to wait for me to be okay to approach him again as okay, I need you as a father now because I was angry and I'm like here to express that to you and I know that like you can take it and we can hash this out and then the relationship can continue. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can sort of relate to that just thinking like um, times that I've been in really deep sin and not feeling my daughtership or to be able to approach the father um, in that way for healing, um, just that I'm not worthy of it and that maybe it's not going to come as quickly um, per se. And yeah, just being in that deep sin and not feeling like like it's going to get better and Mm. letting that be my barrier for receiving healing. Yeah. I feel like I'm frequently kind of at that juxtaposition of like, you are the daughter of a king. You are a princess. You are (laughs) deserving of the world, which is true. It's true, right? Like we are daughters of the king and we deserve that dignity and we've like done nothing to earn that dignity, but it is through God's grace that we have been given it but at the same time like you know I think of Ash Wednesday and like you are dust and to dust you shall return <laughs> and so I am like a princess made of dust like I <laughs> and I don't know always how to reconcile that in my head of like here I am this earthly sinner mm-hmm. who's like made of nothing and I've been bought like you know purchased with the blood of Christ to be this daughter and how do you you know, it's hard to, like, feel like I deserve it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that also comes from our relationships with, like, humans anyway. Because I think of, like, unconditional love and how it's really hard to have that because the way that we relate to one another is usually pretty conditional. Like, mm-hmm. when your relationship is good, it's really easy to love and to give yourself to the other person and to receive the love of the other person. But, like, when it's not good, it's really hard to receive. And so I think as humans and I don't know maybe this is a lie but I feel like as humans sometimes it's like we can't get to that place where we totally like receive the love of the father Mm. because we can't understand it like we just it's so of another world that it's not something that we can really achieve Mm. um but I also think like that's why we're called to just surrender to our daughterness and surrender to the love that God wants to give us Yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll ever understand. I mean, I I think about like the time when we get to be um face to face with God and what what will that be like and just thinking about how you know, we can receive God every day if we want to in the Eucharist. Um and the fact that you know, God could appear to us like he could be um this light and this so much um, light shining or I don't know, something so much greater than a piece of bread. Right. And, but he came and comes every single day um, constantly around the world, wherever you are. 
in a way that we can feel like we can approach him. Right. And so I think about it when I'm walking down the aisle and just like, it's so easy to just look at that and be like, oh yeah, I'm just, you know, receiving God, like no biggie, but it's like, it's are you, like, it's such a huge deal, but he's willing to humble himself to that form that even like so many people even struggle to believe that, that is Christ because it looks like a little circle. Um, and, but he could have come in any way. So he wants us to approach him so much that that's how he chose to also the way he chose to come into this world. Um, I mean, he's the king. He could have come in any way. Riding but, on a Pegasus from right. the skies, yes. rays of light. Yes. <laughs> and it was like worse than, than we came to this world. Like we probably, most of us came to this world in a very sterile environment, <laughs> not surrounded by cows. And, yeah. Yeah. That's really oh, cool. That, that makes me think of this woman too, like almost walking towards Jesus, like she's about to receive communion, just like falling on her knees to mm-hmm. touch him, you know? And it's like, ultimately, that's probably how we should be receiving him. Yeah. I recently started receiving communion on my knees because it kind of just came out of nowhere one day and I was like, okay, here I am. I'm on my knees. <laughs> <laughs> it was just this, this one moment of grace of like, wow, that's God in front of me. And if I actually saw him in real life, I would definitely be on my knees, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think it's a, it's a cool way to kind of remind yourself or try to remind yourself of what is in front of you. Cause like you said, Sophia, it's so hard to fathom, but anyways, that just kind of made me think of this woman. That's kind of a cool image of her, like going to receive communion and in that communion mm-hmm. at that, in that moment is just reaching out and touching, um, the hem of his robes. I think another part of that story that really strikes me every time I hear it is that like, he didn't have to stop. Like she was healed. She could have just gone on her merry way, but he literally stopped the entire crowd and was like, where is she (laughs) seeking her out? And I think that's, that's how God looks at every single one of us because he desires to heal our hearts because there's so much woundedness there. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's hard to, it's hard to think of him like, eagerly seeking us out you know um but that's exactly what he did I mean, he would stop crowds for us he would just like yeah he probably he had so much to do <laughs> but he he literally stopped so that he could have that personal encounter with her and make her feel seen known and loved um so yeah that's kind of something that strikes me every time I hear that I was just gonna say I think it's in Matthew that he's actually on his way to uh it's the story of the girl who was raised from the dead yeah. And he's on his way to help another one. <laughs> another Pulling another daughter literally out of the grave. Yeah. Multiple daughter. Yeah. Yeah. What were you gonna say, Rach? Oh no, it's escaping me. That's okay. Oh, it was ma- what you were saying was making me think of the Lauren Daigle song Rescue. Oh my gosh. Which awesome. you recommended to me <laughs> and Kelsey aptly warned me to not listen to this song while I was driving and I ignored her and ended up pulled over on the side of a highway because I was just sobbing listening yeah. to this. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. But it's all about how God would literally send out armies to go find you in the corners of the world and will never, you know, nothing or is ever enough to stop him from looking for us. And that, I mean, if anything encaptures like our daughtership, that is it, right? Like mm-hmm. this man who will come out and fight for us, like to the very end, no resources held back, no like, you know, his mission to go literally pull someone out of the grave is not enough to like prevent him from stopping and like looking at us individually. Yeah. yeah. I have such a hard time 
believing that or thinking about that. <laughs> and this is one of those things where it goes back to that basic like thought of like, how does God have time for me when there's 7 billion other people, you know? Mm-hmm. Obviously, like, yeah, that's whatever. But <laughs> but yeah, like how could he exert that much energy on me? I don't know. I just have a hard time mm-hmm. sometimes believing that or, or just fathoming it. And again, it's something that is unfathomable. Yeah. Um, we could talk about that, but I also just, that made me think of that movie Taken, I think. I would find you. <laughs> I'm just like picturing God, like <laughs> punching people. His daughter gets kidnapped and he pulls out all the stops yeah. to find her. Like, I, yeah. Just and so he's not That's even a good point. God. Like, he's not. He's just like, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's just <laughs> Another thing that's very like characteristic of daughters is, um, how we don't realize what our parents have done for Ooh, us. Like we yeah. do not have a clue. And I'm realizing now as I start to, you know, now taking care of my sister, now growing this baby, it's just like this, like our parents do so much for us and we just do not understand. And I don't think we ever will. And what God has done is like to a different level, yet we still manage to not, um, not be thanking him constantly, you know? Like, if you stop mm-hmm. to think about it, I can't think about it too much because I'm like, oh, my dear Lord, I need to like, <laughs> sit in the corner and just thank, 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 and say sorry, you know? Mm-hmm. Because if we just thought about every single thing he does for us on a daily basis, it's just, and has, and will forever. I feel like that goes back to what you said of how you can see God's hand in everything in retrospect. Mm-hmm. Like, now that we're at the age where we're taking care of ourselves and we're taking care of apartments and doing chores. We recognize all that our moms and dads did in the house that we grew up in to take care of us. And it's like we never leave that stage with God. Because even <laughs> like when right. you're a child and your parents set rules or you want something and they tell you no because they know it's in your best interest, you throw a tantrum and you're like, why not? This is what I want. Why won't you give me what I want? And now as you get older, you recognize why they did it. But constantly in prayer, it's, God, this is what I want. I want it. Why won't you give it to me? And then in retrospect is only when we can see, like, oh, you had a different plan. And even though in the moment it might have felt like you weren't listening to me or you weren't responding to the call that I thought was what I really needed, it's because you knew that there was something better you had. You knew it wouldn't benefit me in the way that I needed. So it's like we never leave the child stage of, <laughs> of our relationship with God. All I could picture during that is like my parents telling me, no, I can't have the entire gallon of ice cream mm-hmm. in one sitting. And then the first time as an adult where I was like, I can eat as much yeah. ice cream as I want. I can buy cake anytime <laughs> I want. And then you realize like, oh, that was a bad <laughs> idea. <laughs> yeah. It's, my mom was right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so, I think that's... Oh, Okay, I think that's the thing about parents, though, is that they never stop. Like, that goes kind of back to the unconditional thing. It's the, the role of a parent, it's, like, deep within your soul. It's, like, imprinted into your soul how mm-hmm. you provide. Um, and, like, yeah, we'll never leave that child phase with God, but he doesn't stop showing up. and He doesn't stop providing because we're ungrateful little rascals, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I just keep... <laughs> I don't know why this popped into my head. Laugh at that. The anticipation. Yeah, kill me. 
having us. Come on. <laughs> we are daughters. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a song? <laughs> it's the farm. We are daughters. Dun, 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 dun. It's the farmer's <laughs> commercial. Adrian singing that. Yeah. <laughs> State farm? No, it's like farmers. Something. Oh, you're right. You're right. Farmers. Not farmers. Is it the turkey? Yeah, I think it's Allstate. No, it's not Allstate. Allstate is in good hands. This is not State Farm. Write in, please. Leave it in the comments. What is that from? It's a. It's like farmers because it has that. It has that commercial. Do we have to like get copyright? I don't know if you know. We remixed it. It was a parody. Yeah, so we're all good. Um, they have to sue us. Yeah. But if they want to sponsor us, I mean, we'll pray for you if you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever you are, stay far, I'll stay. I don't know. Um, All of the ones. That's our prayer this week. So to bring it in a little bit. Yeah. Sorry. What do you guys feel like are the ways in which you can grow in your daughtership? So one thing I've started and didn't realize my prayers were being answered and now i'm like wait you've been answering them um <laughs> i've just been <laughs> you talk to conversation with myself <laughs> um, at mass um i there's always a specific prayer that i say um during the transubstantiation and then now i've i've added um uh lord help me to grow in intimacy with you and help me like increase my faith, you know, because if we had the faith the size of a mustard seed, we would move mountains. And every time I think of that, I'm like, <laughs> my faith must be like a like less than a speck because. And sometimes I'm like, mountain move. <laughs> I'm like, like trying to find something. I'm like, uh, don't work. Um, but it's just like this, you know. I just want to grow in intimacy with him, and I think that just saying that every single time I'm at mass and. Sometimes it just kind of comes and I don't think about it too much. And sometimes I really think about it. And I think that um, I don't know if I if I really trusted that God would help me to grow in intimacy with him. But now I look back and I'm like, oh, my goodness, like so many ways that you're just like sending all these things. And now I'm finally my eyes are opened and I see them. And I don't know if they've been there all along or if it's just now. But um, I think like just asking for it and just like even if. You don't truly believe like he gets that we don't we don't 100% surrender we don't I mean okay I can't speak for everyone but I don't and he can still work mm. wonders with that I mean he's God work with whatever you give yeah. him <laughs> something that I've been struggling with a lot over the last couple of years is feeling like I have to earn my daughtership mm. um, and so I Something that I've been doing recently is just sitting in the gaze of the Father and being okay with that and not trying to be anything or do anything or say anything that, like, just trying not to deserve his love, trying not to earn his love by doing things because that's pride. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sinful. Get him. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, something that I've been doing to try to be a better daughter is just, like, sitting and literally just picturing the father looking at me with absolute love and just, like, with tears in his eyes because I'm his daughter and because he loves me that much. Um, and trying not to, trying not to deserve my daughtership because I don't. Um, and I never will. Um, but that doesn't change that that's my identity and that's who I am. So working on accepting that and, mm. yeah, just sitting in the gaze of dad. I feel like for me, I often put my identity, like, 
as a daughter, I guess, in other people and like what other people think of me um, and if I've succeeded in a certain way or failed in a certain way. And so I think similarly to you, Kelsey, I find myself like just sitting in front of Jesus in adoration. Um, and I, what you were saying, Sophia, too earlier, like about how basically like Christ hides himself so like that we don't have to be hidden and be able to like be exposed in that way um, and to just find my identity like in him, like in that moment, because I feel like everything else kind of washes away. Yeah. Um, that's definitely how I find best to approach it for myself. Mm-hmm. What was the question? How, how to grow in your... In yeah, your like one of the things daughter. you can do to be better in your daughtership. Mm-hmm. And I think one of those things for me is like I like, you know, I value my relationships very heavily and heavenly. (laughs) Um, And when I've had like a really hard week or a really tough day or whatever, I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or whatever, like one of I tend to go to my husband or go to my friends and like kind of start there with processing and just like go to those people first. But I think about like the relationship I would love to have as like a father-daughter relationship would be one where I like confide in my parent first. And confide in my Heavenly Father first. And so that's something that I've been trying to do more is, like, before I go and, like, vent about it to my husband or start looking to him for the love and the comfort Mm -hmm. that I'm desiring, taking it to God first and saying, like, all right, Lord, like, you are the only one who can totally fill me up and you are the only one who can perfectly understand what's going on in my heart right now. And I want to sit here with you and let you hold my hand and hold me in this moment that I'm struggling first before I start looking elsewhere for it. Honestly, I think I'm just going to keep praying with this passage because this is really moving. Um, Yeah, and like I said earlier, I have a hard time believing that God has time to invest that much in me. Mm. And that's just not true. And I need to, yeah, I need to spend more time thinking about it. Mm. So it's great that we're doing this podcast. (laughs) There we go. Growth in real time. Mm -hmm. I relate to... A lot of what all of you said, just, <laughs> you stole it. just yeah, <laughs> just feeling as if I put a lot of my worth in what other people think of me, or my identity is rooted in whether or not people think I'm put together or doing things correctly. And God has seen me in the moments where that show is not on, <laughs> and still like loves me more than anybody that I've put that show on for. Mm. So just kind of learning to recognize how like deep that love must be because it's moments where I've been upset with myself and angry at myself for you know sinning or doing things that I knew I shouldn't have um, or just failing in ways that I felt like I shouldn't have failed in and God still saw me in those moments and loved me more than I could imagine and so just remembering that kind of what you were saying, Kelsey, of there's nothing that I could do to earn it. And even in the moments when I feel like I least deserve it, it doesn't falter and he doesn't love me any less. So yeah. I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if you ever listen to this, <laughs> you are loved, you are seen, you are a daughter or a son. Um, and we'll kind of go into our little key points, takeaway points for the the episode. 
So some of the things we want the listeners to take away this week, um, maybe take this to prayer um, or just think about it throughout your day. The first question is, what is preventing you from living out your identity as daughter or son this week? Um, Another one is take the time to reflect on your relationship with your parents um, and really ask yourself how that has shaped your relationship with God the Father. And then I know Rachel had um, a quote. Yeah, so that last line, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace and be cured of your affliction. So taking that and thinking about, um, you know, what is the affliction you feel like you might need to be cured from and what, how can your Heavenly Father help you with that? And reflecting on the fact too that like our faith has truly saved us and whether or not you really believe that in your heart yeah so let's wrap it up until next week y'all yeah hey everyone thanks so much for listening to this episode daughters is a production of grexley to see more of our episodes or to find out about other great podcasts visit www.grexley.com that's g-r-e-x-l-y we'll see you next time